Welcome to the podcast service of Sydney's FM 103.2. Available on the web at fm1032.com.au. Hello, I'm Kel Richards. Yes, back again. Night after night you keep hoping, well, they've got rid of him yet. Well, not no, no, they haven't. The penny will drop soon enough, I assume. And they say, hang on, we're making a terrible mistake. We're letting Richards go to here. But until that, the penny drops. Don't tell them, by the way, don't tell them. But until the penny drops, I'm here. Uh... Annoying you, night after night? Well, every weeknight anyway. You get Saturdays and Sundays off, what have you got to complain about? Right, OK, I'm glad we cleared that up. We're running our series at the moment called Journey Towards God. This is the most important journey anyone ever makes. I may be an idiot, but the stuff that I talk about on this program is important stuff. Tonight, we continue our journey towards God. The journey of life ends in death. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty obvious, isn't it? I mean, if you had the IQ of a sea anemone, you could have worked that one out, right? We talked about this last night. And life ends in death and in judgment. And I want to unpack that a little bit further. I want to explain what I mean by all of that. We talked about judgment last night. Let's take it another step further tonight. Firstly, the death we die is a separation. That's the meaning of death. Death is the separation of loved ones. I remember shortly after my father died, I read something in the newspaper that I knew would have interested him. And just for a moment I thought, I'll talk to Dad about that. And then I remembered that I couldn't. Death means that kind of separation. Death is also the separation of the body and the soul. Because of organ transplants, doctors often need to know the exact moment of death. And for this, the concept of brain death is used. When the medical monitors show that the electrical activity in the brain has ceased, this is taken to be the moment of death the moment of separation between the physical body and the non-physical part of us, you know, the soul, the mind, the spirit, whatever you want to call it. Death means that separation. But the Bible talks about something bigger, spiritual death, meaning separation from God. If we travel through the journey of life simply ignoring God, we will stand in judgment in front of a total stranger. Jesus is the one God has appointed to do the judging. It says that in the Bible, Acts chapter 17, sentence 31. And there are only two possible responses we will hear when we stand before him. It will either be, Old friend, how wonderful to see you. Welcome home. Or else it will be, Hello, am I supposed to know you? If you want to know what I'm talking about, have a look at the Bible, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. Separation from God is spiritual death. And that means it is possible to be spiritually dead right now in this world and not know it. Let me illustrate. On September the 19th, 1985, a serious earthquake hit Mexico City. A major apartment building crashed in ruins. The report said the building had been designed to survive an earthquake. So what what went wrong? Well, I'm not an engineer or an architect, but as far as I can understand the reports, the building was resting on something like, like giant shop shock absorbers, huge pistons in hydraulic fluid built into the foundations. The concept was that if the bedrock moved, these things would absorb the movement and the building would be safe, right? But the system was broken. The pipes connecting the the tanks of hydraulic fluid had sprung a leak. All the hydraulic fluid had drained off into the surrounding soil. The pistons were not floating in fluid but sitting on bedrock. The system had been broken for years. They only discovered it was broken when the earthquake hit. In a similar way, it's possible to be spiritually dead for years and not discover it until the earthquake of physical death hits. We can travel our whole life's journey in a dream, 
so distracted by our own self-absorption that we're unaware of our separation from God. That's the first point. Death means separation. This means that the penalty for cutting ourselves off from God is to be cut off from God. The penalty and its punishment are identical. And that brings us to the second point we need to understand. Secondly then, the charge we face at the judgment is the charge of being rebels and traitors against God. To explain what I mean, let me tell you a story. In June of 1940, France fell to the invading Germans. In Paris, there was a young doctor named Jules Pardon. For more than a year after the fall of France, he gave his medical services to the French underground, the resistance movement, the good guys, called the Marquis. He patched up, treated, repaired, healed members of the resistance who were sick or injured. Then, late in 1941, no one knows why, he changed sides. He became a collaborator with the Nazis, the occupying forces. Whether he did this for money or out of fear or for some other reason never became clear. Until the Allies liberated France in 1945, he patched up and treated and repaired and healed Gestapo officers, SS officers and other Nazis. Even wrote out death certificates for French victims of Gestapo torture. After the war, he was put on trial as a collaborator. His defence was, I have done nothing wrong. I am a good doctor and a good man. I never hurt anyone. I only ever healed people. There's nothing wrong with that. Such a defence, of course, is nonsense. And he was found guilty of being a traitor, a collaborator with his country's enemies. When we stand trial before heaven's court, we're not charged with being bad, but with being disloyal, accused of being traitors. Jesus said, whoever is not with me is against me. The bit of the Bible that tells me that is Matthew chapter 12, sentence 30. If you insist that you are good, I suppose you might be found being guilty of being a good rebel, but a rebel nonetheless. When we stand in that particular dock, in that particular court, the only defence we can offer is if we can say to Jesus, not I'm good, but I'm yours. And naturally we can't offer that defence if we have ignored him throughout the journey of life. In other words, the choice we make in this life is what we get in the next life. Our journey there is a continuation of our journey here. The road we follow in this life is the road we will be on in the next. Well now, there is a third thing that needs to be said here, namely about the consequences of judgment, about those two words that no one thinks seriously about these days, heaven and hell. For a start, Forget all the comic book ideas, you know, clouds and harps and wings for heaven and scaly movie monsters with fangs and claws for hell. None of those comic book ideas come from the Bible. What the Bible says is far more important than that. The expression that Jesus uses for hell I find quite powerful. He calls it perishing. He uses that word in uh, John's Gospel, chapter 3, sentence 16. And that is basically what it, what is involved, banishment. Banishment is the idea. You'll find that in Matthew chapter 7, sentence 23. If we choose to live this life for ourselves, that's what we get in the next life. We get to live for ourselves, by ourselves, alone, forever. An eternity of loneliness sounds to me like sheer hell, and that's exactly what it is. It's an exile, being cut off from God and from the love and life and light and purpose of the universe. An endless isolation filled with seething anger and rebellion and bitter loneliness is about as close as we can get in this life to understanding it. Heaven is often pictured in the Bible as being a banquet, 
or a party, a feast. It certainly involves being together with God and with his people as part of his family. But again, for this to be the case, we must be reconciled to God, travelling down his road with the other members of his family in this life. On the other side of the grave, it is too late to change paths. Now, without knowing you personally, without knowing who you are, without knowing your name, without knowing where you live, I know two things about you that are absolutely true. One is, you will die. And the other is, you don't know when. You might live for another 50 years, or for another 50 minutes. The roads out there are dangerous. Or if you're in bed, who knows, there might be a fire tonight. You don't know when it will be. None of us do. Don't imagine you can keep putting off your change of direction, the turning in your life's journey from your road to God's road. You might be saying to yourself, Ah, later. I'll think about all this much later. I have lots of time. You don't know how much time you have. No one does. There was a farmer had a large, mature fig tree in his orchard, but it never produced any figs. He got, got a leaflet from the Department of Agriculture called How to Love Your Fig Tree, did everything the leaflet suggested, still no figs. Called in the local agronomist to examine the tree, did everything the agronomist suggested, still no figs. Finally, in frustration, he said to his farmhand, chop it down, at least it can be fuel for the fire. But the farmhand replied, look, give it one more year. I'll water it and I'll fertilise it for another year. If there are still no figs, I'll chop it down then. Now that's actually my retelling of a story that Jesus told. You'll find it in Luke chapter 13, verses 6 to 9. In order to say that we have exactly what the fig tree was given. One last chance. Don't imagine that it's safe to squander this chance by putting off your decision. If you do, the time will come when habit has so tightly tied you to the wrong road, you're unable to change. One more point worth noticing. Every life in this world is a journey towards God. We're all travelling towards death. A recent survey of doctors indicates 10 out of 10 people die. Life is a fatal condition. None of us gets out of here alive. We are all on the journey towards death, and on the other side of death we face God. So whether we realise it or not, whether we want it to be or not, we are all on a journey towards God. That's why it's so important for you to make your peace with God in this life, in this world. In summary then, the Bible says God won't let us rebel forever, and that God's punishment for rebellion is death and judgment. The Bible says that each one of us is destined to die once, and after that face judgment. And the bit of the Bible that tells me that is Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. God's justice does sound hard, but there's more to the story. We can escape. It all depends upon Jesus, who he is, why he came, and the vital role he plays in our journey towards God. Well now, I've sort of set up what we're going to talk about tomorrow night on the program, because tomorrow night I'm going to start bringing in the most important person ever in the history of humanity in the history of this planet, and the most important person in my life and your life in many ways, and that is Jesus, who he is, why he came, the reason why he came, what he requires of us, all of those things. 
his personality, what kind of person, all of that kind of thing. I'm going to start talking about tomorrow night, and we'll talk about that over the next few nights. So if you've ever been puzzled by Jesus or wondered about Jesus, here's your chance to find out. And if you've got a friend who's interested and doesn't know much about Jesus, tell them to be listening tomorrow night, 10 o'clock, and every night after that for the next few nights for this series, to, as, as we continue this series and we turn our spotlight onto Jesus. Here's our thought for the night. From John chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Until tomorrow night at this time, thanks for your company. I'm Kel Richards. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this FM 103.2 podcast. To listen to more great audio, visit fm1032.com.au.